spinners, it's Chester here, reminding you for your safety to stay seated with that seat belt fastened good and tight as you spin. Yeah, soon as I find a ladder, I'll be right up. Mm-hmm. This is so exciting. You see, tonight's the night Belle and the Beast fall in love. Have a great stay in Condor Flats or wherever your final destination may take you. Tonight's story in the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 590. I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, the blog, newsletter, social, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting or you've been hundreds of times, if you're planning your next vacation or love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts and find everything else at www.radio.com. So grab your stretchy pants and join me at the table for a weekend brunch dining review recorded live at Wine Bar George in Disney Springs. And to make the most out of my, our, first visit and be as thorough as possible for you, we sample many, possibly most, of the items on the brunch menu, discuss the decor, theming, and service, and we get a special surprise visit from the owner and creator of Wine Bar George, George Miliotis, who, as you know, is one of only 269 master sommeliers in the world and was part of the original opening team of the California Grill Restaurant at Disney's Contemporary Resort. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more updates, information about upcoming WW Radio virtual events, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Stark and Iron Man, it's good to be back. And I mean that in so many different ways, because we're back in Walt Disney World for another live dining review. And if you can't hear the smile on my face, I promise you it is there. We're back in Disney Springs a little more than a week after it reopened on May 20th, somewhere around there. Um, And it didn't take very long to want to get back, right back in the saddle, and do another live dining review to, at a place where I've admittedly never, ever been before. I've never walked in the door, I've never had a chance to sample anything before, and when thinking about reviewing this place, I really 
had only one option in terms of who was to join me, uh, not just because I wanted them to be here, but really under threat and penalty of death because since the time that the location first opened, uh, my wife Deanna uh, told me in no uncertain terms, uh, I'm doing this review with you. So I am so excited to be joined once again by my beautiful, loving, oh-so-very-supportive, and as always, like their father and husband, very hungry family. So going around the table, I'm joined by Deanna Mangello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am so happy to be here back in Walt Disney World, and I am so happy to be here with my family to do this amazing review. You're just happy to be at Wine Bar, George. Again, every time we walk by here, uh, it's, it wasn't really more of a request as it was a threat. Uh, Marion Rose Mangello. Hello. I'm happy to be back in Disney Springs. And Nicholas Peter. Four words. Mac and cheese bites. <laughs> Nicholas jumping uh, ahead of the game. Yeah, look, we, we couldn't wait to get back in Springs. Um, I went live when it first opened, and um, you probably saw or maybe even heard in my voice, not just my ear-to-ear grin, but even a little bit of a quiver in my throat as I started because we realized just how much we missed being here um, and and just being back in this environment and among people and seeing the smiles emoting through the cast members' masks on their eyes. Um, So I couldn't wait to get back in. And again, this is a a live dining review that's been a long time coming. Wineboard George has been open for a while. And it's funny, you pass by Wine Bar George and you think about coming in to do a review. I always walk by here and I remember what this area and space sort of looked like back when this was Pleasure Island. And it's hard to sometimes imagine what this sort of causeway on the water side looked like and where Boathouse and the Boutique were was sort of where um, the Rock and Roller Dome was and Motion was there. But back when Pleasure Island used to celebrate um, New Year's Eve every single night, they used to have a countdown to New Year's Eve and they'd have um, uh, like streamers and pyrotechnics and music in it, and they had a DJ like elevated on the second floor. So the patio outside here is about where that DJ would have been. So it uh, it brings back memories of, of Pleasure Island. Um, BET Soundstage was there. Um, Avigators was there. Eight um, uh, Tracks was one of my favorite places. And of course, the Adventures Club, uh, about where it's mannequins. Yeah, it was which was where. Um, uh, Morimoto Asia currently sits. but So we decided this morning to uh, come in for brunch because I think, first of all, we love brunch. Brunching? We're brunchers. Yeah. We brunch. <laughs> and I think I'll have to actually do a top 10 brunches in Walt Disney World. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, and listen, we have a perfect day for it. Um, it is a beautiful day outside. Um, it's We're actually upstairs on the second floor of Wine Bar George, and it looks like it's almost like a um, uh, like a wine room, like a wine cellar, um, but it's floor-to-ceiling windows on three sides, beautiful views of Disney Springs and Jocks and Raglan Road behind us. Um, and again, even before we got here, you guys started pre-gaming a little bit by looking at the menu, and, uh, and already, I think we were in the garage when Nicholas started saying mac and cheese bites, mm-hmm. so... Um, but again, we, we sort of call to attention a couple of different things. We are here just after 
um, Springs is, has opened, and we're counting down the, the days until Walt Disney World opens. There are some things here that are a little bit different, not to mention the fact that we walked in wearing masks. All the servers are wearing masks. Uh, we're still under you know certain restrictions and guidelines. Um, and it's a very it's a touchless um, it's a touchless system, meaning that there are no paper menus. When you come in, there are QR codes everywhere that you can scan, and that will pull up the brunch and dinner uh, menu up on your phone. Um, we were also given these cute little brown paper bags so we can put our masks in um, rather than leave them on the the table. Um, so what, what do you say we get right into taking a look at the menu and um, figuring out exactly what it is that we want to order? And it's actually a pretty extensive menu for brunch. So for starters, they have hummus, uh, cucumber, olive oil, non bread, and chipotle at $11. I'm just going to let you guys know right away we're getting that. A frise salad, uh, seasonal fruit, orange vinaigrette, blue cheese, and walnuts for $9. Crispy mac and cheese bites. We'll just skip that. Nobody messaged <laughs> in. Um, uh, with pecorino romano cheese at $12. And a Kendall Brook smoked salmon with ciabatta crisp, creme fraiche, and fried capers. Marin, you're already nodding your head? Yes, I love smoked salmon, and I'm, I really want to try it. I uh, I dig a good smoked salmon, usually on a bagel, you know, with a little with some capers and some onions. Schmear, yeah, a little schmear. Um, so we already know we're we're two we're two things in on the appetizer menu. They also are three different cheese boards. There's an artisanal cheese board with four cheeses and condiments at twenty six dollars. Charcuterie, four che- meats and condiments, and the big board, six artisanal cheeses, five artisanal meats and condiments at fifty nine dollars. We might have to get a board. You're all, everybody's nodding in agreement. Nicholas, yeah? Yes. Yeah, we, we room for a board in our family. Yeah, we like, yeah. We like doing, especially around the holidays. Um, and my birthday, when you made our entire dining room table one giant meat and cheese board. So. <laughs> okay, so for the main plate, I'll go slow because it's, uh, it all sounds so good. They have a French toast on brioche with mascarpone cheese. I'm doing my best Giada impression. And caramel sauce at $17. Steak and egg frites with sriracha hollandaise at $25. Burrata with avocado, bacon, and ciabatta, $22. Sausage, gravy, and biscuits. House-made biscuits, bacon, two eggs, $17. Eggs Benedict with house-made chicken sausage, hollandaise, and potato cake at $22. And a wine country omelet with, oh, that sounds good too. Artichoke, I'm so hungry. Asparagus, olive and tomato medley, and Havarti at $16. They also have some sweet desserts, if we can even make it that far. far. An olive oil cake and a key lime pie, both at $7. And if that's not enough, there are sides of chicken sausage, two eggs, bacon, potato hash, and house-made buttermilk biscuits all coming in at $6. Um, Is there anything, before before we even get to, um, well, I'll quickly go. There's also spirits and spritzes. By the carafe, um, a number of different white and sangrias is a botanical, botanical, and an apropos uh, rosé spritz that all come in between thirty-four and forty-four dollars. You can also get them by the glass. There's a paloma with tequila, grapefruit soda, and lime at twelve, and a wake-up call espresso-infused barsol pisco, cafe borghetti espresso, and liqueur at fourteen. Wow, this is a very extensive drink menu. <laughs> they have a frozen drink menu, including a complimentary frozen drink with a purchase of a corksicle, a frosado, froscado mimosa with Dole Whip pineapple. 
Moscato, pineapple, and Prosecco. That's 15. Uh, they have a Moscato made with Dolip, Moscato uh, vodka and pineapple, a Frosé, Frajolé, and a Friesling made with Dolip lime with a Riesling, vodka, and lime. These all come in at around $13. So um, kids first. Um, is there anything on the menu other than the appetizers that we mentioned that jump out at you? Ladies first. So I don't really know how to pronounce it, but the burrata, burrata, that really stands out to me because I am an avocado toast connoisseur. I eat avocado toast every single day of my life, and I really want to try that because it seems different because it has, you know, the cheese and bacon and stuff. So, so I'm happy you get that, and I will testify that you do make a mean avocado toast in the morning, usually for yourself, and then I have to steal a couple of bites here and there. Um, Nicholas, you know what? I'm going to continue with ladies first. So I do have to extend on what Louis just said about Marion. She also makes, makes an amazing guacamole. So anything she does with an avocado, she makes amazing recipes. Um, so I think I'm going to have to go with the um, wine country omelet, which is artichoke, asparagus, olive, and tomato medley, and harvati. Um, but I am also intrigued by the oil, olive oil cake. So I'm well, it's a sweet. I, I think know it's a it dessert. is, but that's okay because we have to at least try. You can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Well, so you have to okay. have your well, your brunch first, and then we'll get to sweets. Nicholas, those steak and egg frites and those sausage and gravy and biscuits just all jump out at me. I want to eat everything, and that French toast with the caramel sauce on brioche. So mm-hmm. I think you should get the sausage gravy and biscuits, and. We can get a French toast too. Okay. And wait a minute, I'm not done yet. Slow I think down. We're going to need a bigger table. We're also going to need a. And, 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 and wait. Wait a minute. I'm also getting a side of potato hash that I'm not going to share with anybody. Wow. It's. I need that for research. So, okay. So. So wait, are we? So maybe we don't need enough. Maybe we don't need a charcuterie board. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to pass on a charcuterie board. But I think a charcuterie board, like what? What I really, when I, as soon as I walked in, what I thought about was, as excited as I am to be here for brunch, coming up here with five or six friends, getting some of these, and again, obviously the menu is going to be different, but getting a charcuterie board and some appetizers, a nice bottle of wine, and sharing that amongst friends. But do you know who? could really help us navigate this menu even better it's our new best friend friend brent uh mask and all brent it is good to see you it's good to see you so this is our first time here so be gentle Uh, (laughs) or not that's fine um if anything you want to share about the menu any um, recommendations that you think are just can't miss I think the menu is can't miss, and that it can be problematic for a lot of people. Um, and the, the way that our menu is laid out is such that you kind of just keep going until you don't feel like yeah. you can go anymore. That's sort of where we are already, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The brunch menu is a little bit different in the fact that there are some definitive entrees. Uh, regularly, though, the menu is small plates that we kind of encourage a, a tapas mentality with. You know, you get a, a number of plates and just keep ordering things until you've decided that maybe just two more plates and then only two more after that. It's so, you're sort of narrating the story of my life. So I agree. But that's, the, I think, the best way to enjoy as many wines by the glass as we have. It'd be difficult to get through all 178 wines if you didn't have all these different plates to enjoy, right? 
All right. I think we uh, I think we have some sort of a game plan. And at some point when we start ordering too much, just sort of start waving the flag and say, listen, guys, I think... So we know definitely that we want to get the crispy mac and cheese bites as well as the smoked salmon. Are we getting hummus too? And the hummus. Okay. So if we get all that and got, get main plates, do we also need to get charcuterie too or should we... It's a lot. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, you, you certainly can, and I'm not going to tell you no because the charcuterie is amazing. But it's a lot of food. And the other, the other thing, too, is charcuterie isn't the terrible way to end a meal. So after you have your main plates, if you're still kind of hungry and you want to nibble, we can bring a charcuterie plate for dessert. You know, I was – maybe you won't – maybe we are going <laughs> to – But I'm French. I those things at the end. To quote Step Brothers, did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent, I believe in, in letting ladies order first. And we'll have to come back at night maybe for a little charcuterie with some friends. So, uh, Marion Rose? Could I have the burrata, please? Bur- bur- I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, so I'm going to do the wine country omelet. And I'm sure everybody's going to share it. So, Can I please do the steak and egg frites, please? Thank you. Over easy, okay for the eggs? Yep. So I'm sort of assuming that I should probably get the French toast just to sort of round out. Um, unless, or, or, or if you are in the mood for something that's got a little density to it, the sausage gravy. I see. I was sort of hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, because they're both good, but the sausage gravy with the chef that's working today, especially, it's kind of a he's a, he's a British guy. It's kind of a cool thing for him. He gets crazy about his gravy. So awesome. make it happen, and and yeah, don't be. Sure. And you know, we can throw in the two eggs too. All right. You got it? Scrambled? Uh, over, uh, over medium? Yeah. So I also need to um, try one of these wonderful beverages that you have here. Sure. So what would you recommend? I'm not a big frozen, sure. uh, but I would like, I guess, one of the spirits. Yeah, I think the best bet is the Aperol spirits. The Aperol is, you know, it's a bitter liqueur. Uh, it, it has a little bit of sweetness to it, but the bitterness is what makes it really refreshing. Okay. And on a hot day at a brunch, it makes the most sense, in my opinion. Wonderful. And then maybe we might have to move on to a sangria to try also. Okay. You're getting both? No, I'm going to get, I'm just going to start with that, and then I think we need to sample. Oh, I was going to, I would have. sample the sangria? I, I will sample something just for the sake of. For research purposes only, because I'm a giver and I'm here for you. Um, you know, there's something that tells me I should almost do one of the Froscados just because they have the the the, uh, the Disney Legend Dole Whip in it. Is there either one that you prefer? The, I, not not that I prefer per se, but the most popular one is the pineapple for, by by a long shot. Okay, we'll do that. I think that's a good start. What else can I add? <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll come back for a. Um, a dessert yeah, at this, some point, I'm too. I'm so intrigued by this olive oil cake. Most people are, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited to try that, too, Perfect. eventually. Okay? So. Right. Excellent. I'll be back. Thank you. My thank, thank you. <laughs> I wish, sometimes I wish we did these on videos so people can see the expressions on your face. I think the smiles come through in the audio recording, but there's a little bit of a giddiness sometimes, especially from, from you as, as you're ordering. So there's something about this place. Like, I, I have been here with friends before, so I absolutely love it. And I'm hopefully going to be here very shortly with friends when they visit. And I think it's a great place to bring not only your family when you're off vacationing and with a whole group of friends because I love foods that you can share. I love small plates that everyone can try a piece of or a bite of. 
I just want to let you know that I stopped listening because that other table just got their food. Look at that. Look at how beautiful the presentation is, too. Marion, just go grab me one of those avocados out of her way. So, so Lou just got this expression on his face, like almost the Peanuts teacher. Do you ever hear the Peanuts teacher when she talked? It was like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, while I was talking. So there's that, too. And I'll... Um, I'll post photos, especially if you've never been here. I'll post photos in the show notes at www.radio.com. Just go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast. You can find photos from the inside there. You guys excited? Yes. Yes. I warned them last night, like, don't eat anything like gremlins. Don't eat after midnight because we've got a big morning planned ahead. So they say that you know that you're getting old when your kids start showing you how to use technology. One thing that I didn't realize, Nicholas just pointed out to me, was that uh, on the digital menu on your phone, which again, when you scan the QR code, it brings up Safari, it brings up the digital menu, is if you click, um, looks, you know, we always make lemonade out of lemons. Like you can actually see, if you click the names of the different items, it actually brings up a photo. Um, I'm not sure if it's good or bad that I didn't know that because some of the photos look fantastic so make sure if you come when they're using the digital menu you click on each of the names so you can see what each of the dishes looks like the thing that you have to do uh, once you have finished looking at everything is you've got to tell me what the mac and cheese bites are coated in that's your that's your goal for the day and then i'll tell you what the answer is if you don't come up with it on your own excellent thank you so the mac and cheese bites the hummus and a frise salad, which he said we could not miss. He's like, like it or not, you're eating, which actually looks beautiful. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to take photos and, and uh, post them all in the show notes. Um, I almost don't know what to try first. All right, I think we have to start with the mac and cheese bites because of how much you've anticipated them, because of the only hot food on the menu. Nicholas just threw his head back in just sort of like this glorious... So good. I really didn't expect that. I need to talk about the coating. The coating is just some so sort of. You know what it is? I think it's a cheese. Mm-hmm. You think the breading is actually cheesing? Not. It's a Romano Locatelli. What? It's a Locatelli Romano Parmesan cheese that coats. That is the bread. That is the breading. Because I can taste the cheese. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's, that's a really good mac. And you know what is nice too is that the coating is not very heavy. It's not greasy or oily at all. You may think that mac and cheese was going to be a very heavy, greasy thing. These are not very greasy. They're very They're kind of light. And breading adds that perfect amount of crunch to it. And just the sauce on the bottom and the little bit of cheese on it, they're amazing. There's a creaminess to the cheese that's just fantastic. And not so much so that it's a, a very heavy. So being Italian, making my own um, sauce, I am, I am a critic. And this sauce is absolutely amazing. All right, Brent. They, wait, the yeah. kids. The kids seem to have their guess as to what it's coated yes. in. Is it like Romano cheese? It's a great guess. It's incorrect, but it's a great guess. Uh, no, and this is mind blowing. I, I have to tell you that I have worked in restaurants for about twenty five years. Half of those were in kitchens and very high level kitchens, and this is still one of the most exciting things I learned when I worked here. We we bred them in Cheez Its. 
Shut <laughs> Shut up. So we take the fiery hot Cheez-Its. The chef grounds them in a machine called a RoboCoop, which is a, a very industrial style food processor. Get them nice and fine. Once you make this effectively a bechamel sauce with four different cheeses, the just undercooked macaroni is dropped into that. We add a little sriracha and you know, it's just some spice. Those are then, they set up an assembly line in the kitchen with three cooks. They're uh, put into perfect little round discs. They're dropped into the egg wash and they're dropped and rolled in that Cheez-Its. So... Never, ever Why would you guess? Because that's like outer space stuff, man. But it makes yeah. so much sense now. And like I get, like, once you start, I'm like, of course I can identify the cheese that's now on my palate. Right. Every time I tell people that, this is like my, my favorite thing to tell people. As soon as they go, they go, oh, that's all I taste now is cheese. It's yeah. <laughs> so good. But super light. I mean, wow. They, they didn't seem to stand a chance. Either. No. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, you want to fi- figure out how to plus up some mac and cheese bites? So I have to say, I'm so intrigued by that, but I am going to give this complete challenge to my daughter because she loves to make amazing things in the kitchen. So the next thing she's going to make is this amazing Cheez-It breadcrumb that we can put on everything. <laughs> we also had the hummus. So he also insist, almost only insisted that we have the frise salad with a blue cheese cum- crumble and um, sliced peaches. And that hummus is really good. Like, it comes with um, small pita breads and uh, sliced cucumber, but I was literally just finishing the rest of it with just my fork. Marin, you love you know, another hummus is another thing you love, too. Yeah, I love hummus. I guess I just like spreads on things, but and cucumbers. I love cucumbers and hummus, so yes, 10 out of 10. Recommend. Spices on top of the hummus add like a good little boost of flavor on it. It's it's got like a a zing. I think the yeah. official technical term is a zing to it. Yeah, and it's like a small little bit. Like it's not like a spice, like a kick, but it's more of just like a little bit of a like a spice. And I'm not normally a frise salad person because I, I don't like the bitter greens, but these greens are not bitter at all. Again, they have that no, sort of twang to it. But. Right, and it's very fresh and crispy. And I love, listen, I can eat blue cheese like with a spoon. So. And I, I think the great accent too is the walnuts with mm-hmm. it. Um, and they don't put a an excessive amount of dressing on it. It's just enough to get a small um, taste of it to make it extra crisp. So. And because I've eaten something that's green, I feel like I've had a healthy meal. So in the interest of being thorough and complete and to give you an accurate lay of the land, um, we actually have little sample sizes of some of the other frozens. We have the frosé, which is a rosé, a frosjolet, which is raspberry, and the friesling made with Dole Whip lime. Uh, we, will, we will go down the line and sample these one by one. We'll start off with the... Uh, Frosjolet, the raspberry. Oh no, that's sorry, that's the frosé. Oh, really good. Nice. Yeah, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a frozen sangria yeah, type. Yeah, it is definitely a frozen. This is the oh. rose. This is the rose, not the strawberry. Fruit. Right, and then there's the raspberry. This is the raspberry. Right. Raspberry. <laughs> 
Wow, huh. I think I like this rose better than the raspberry. Oh, hold on. It's rose vodka, rose, rose vodka, and strawberry. Oh, wait. The Friesling with Dole Whip lime has a Selback Riesling vodka and lime. That, like, is a, it screams summer to me. Wow. It's got that lime twang to it. It's almost, it's extremely crisp. Like, so the lime and, and the Riesling adds, like, a nice texture, I think, to it. I wouldn't think about put, making Riesling in a frosé, but it's really, really good. I think I like the... So I really would enjoy this sitting next to a pool with a little umbrella in it. It would be, I have to say this word, it would be extremely refreshing. Oh, there it comes. There it goes. We were waiting for that one. <laughs> Somebody ding the bell. She said refreshing. Yeah, these are all very nice. And these all come in at $13. And I want to get have pictures of each um, on the show notes at www.radio.com. Now you have to finish it, I guess. We do. So as the food is being brought out, first things first is the presentation of the plates is absolutely beautiful. Um, again, I ordered the sausage gravy and biscuits. Marion has the burrata. Nicholas has the steak and egg frites. Indiana has the wine country omelet. Um, the plates themselves are gorgeous. Uh, we'll start off with Marion's burrata with the ciabatta, with the avocado and bacon. Jeez, maybe Brent can describe it even better. The plate is beautiful. Can you sort of just take us through what... Yeah, so what, basically what we do is we grill some ciabatta, which is the base of the dish. We add a little dressed frisee greens on top of that, some candied bacon, then the avocado and the burrata itself on top with just a little fleur de sil and olive oil because that's really all you need with those. And Deanna has the, um, she has the wine country omelet? Yep, again, really straightforward. Some, you think of wine country, you think of like fresh roasted vegetables. So you have the uh, artichokes and tomatoes that we put just on top of a very, very classic uh, French-style rolled omelet. Nicholas has the steak and egg frites. Nicholas, I'm going to eat most of your French fries, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to go wrong with that. A little sriracha hollandaise as well, because pick me up in the morning, right? And my, my sausage gravy and biscuits is a beautiful 17, 18 pounds or so of... <laughs> yeah, well, we figure you're running a marathon after this anyway, so we might as well put the rock in your belly. Clearly we have not met before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really delicious. Uh, our house-made uh, biscuits... We make a, a really, really, really nice uh, sausage gravy that's over the top. It's as, it's as rustic and delicious and perfect as you can possibly get. A little bit of bacon over the top. We slap your eggs on there, and you're in really good shape. Yeah, I think we have to dig it. And we also still have the salmon with the capers. We were just saying earlier, it's like, um, you know, be, coming from the Northeast, you know, having a bagel with salmon and capers and a little bit of schmear on the side. Absolutely. And, and Kendall Brook specifically uh, being a, you know, from the, the rivers up in Maine. So it, it, it's, it's hard to go wrong with, with everything collectively here. Everything looks wonderful. Thank you so much. We're excited to dig in. Thank you. Okay, Marion, so ladies first. Let's go to, yeah. So go ahead, Marion. How's your burrata? It's amazing. So the ciabatta is, I love ciabatta bread. Um, and it really, the flavor does take over. It's super, you know, savory and amazing. And then the fresh avocado. And then there's like multicolored tomatoes with basil. And that adds a lot of really nice, refreshing flavor. Um the greens on top also have that nice, like, zing bite. The candied bacon is, like, the sweetest, most amazing bacon ever. It's, oh, my gosh, to die for. And then the burrata on top is also super refreshing. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So, wow, that burrata, that, that bacon is 
fantastic. It's almost like a candy, like there's a sweetness to that bacon. Right, and that's something you could make at home, like tomorrow. Just saying. I mean, I just want to throw the challenge out there. Deanna, you have your wine country omelet. And Nicholas is digging uh, hard and heavy into his steak and egg frites. Big portion. Lots of um, wonderfully cooked french fries on the bottom. How, Nicholas, you can't eat. Just come up for air for like two seconds. So good. They have like this little sriracha sauce on the stuff that adds like that perfect little kick to it. It's like the melt, like the the egg just melting over all the fries mm. and the steak. Just everything together makes a great combination. Of so, fries. and a huge portion too. Lots of perfectly cooked medium tender steak. Oh wow! Ooh, there's almost like a a smokiness yeah. to the steak. But again, a little bit of um, like a, a peppery flavor to it. I haven't even gotten to the, the French fries yet. And Deanna, how's your omelet? So I have a classic omelet, and on the top of it is black olives, asparagus, artichoke. Tomato medley. And a tomato medley. And it's it's delicious. The cheeses that are in it add such a good, um, a nice salty texture to it. And it's, it's, it's really good. Mm, really light. Flaky, flavorful, um, definitely a, a nice lighter, um, and sort of the, having the the fresh olives and whatnot on top really has a layer of um, springtime freshness. It's the only way to sort of describe the flavor to it. And I need to start digging into my sausage gravy and and biscuits. So growing up, coming down to Walter's World or going anywhere on vacation, my family always drove. My mom didn't fly, so we spent a lot of time. In the South, which is where and when I was first introduced to the idea of just having sausage gravy and biscuits. It's not really sausage gravy. It's not really something that we had up in the Northeast in New Jersey. And I've had my fair share, and I have the waistline to prove it. I don't know what it is about this gravy from the texture to the pepperiness to just – I can't believe, Nicholas, how – you never hear a biscuit described as being light and flaky, but sometimes biscuits and sausage gri- gravy can be a very, very heavy meal. Like you need a you know thirty-six hour nap afterwards. This is outstanding. Um, this and as if on cue, uh, <laughs> George from Wine Bar George happens to to walk over. Uh, Mr. Milios, pleasure to meet you, Lou Mangella. How are how are you? My family, Deanna, Marion, Nicholas. <laughs> Y'all enjoying everything? This is, yeah. So I said this earlier when we first walked in, um, and one of the things I've always loved, this is my first time here, admittedly, but one of the things I've always loved from seeing from friends on social about Wine Bar George is that George is here all the time. You're not a name on a marquee. You will oftentimes be here, not for special events, but like this morning, just happen to be walking around the restaurant um, greeting guests, seeing how things are. I think that, that speaks volumes and says a lot about um, the dining experience as a whole. Well, absolutely. Uh, I do run my restaurant. I love my restaurant. We've got a really great team here, and part of the team dynamic is being here and working with them every single shift and kind of setting the pace. Um, but it also has to be fun, and we all have a good time here, so it's not really like work. Um, we learn about wine, we learn about food, and we serve really nice people, so it's all good. 
I have to admit, I don't know how you're so skinny because this food oh, is... <laughs> I'll tell you how. There's a set of stairs that we go up and down about 100 times a day, and it's all good from there, right? Yeah, it's, um, the food, the brunch has just been outstanding. I'm so impressed. And don't tell Brent I said this, but even just your staff and, you know, so much about the dining experiences beyond the food. It really is about the levels of service. Um, yeah, well, we love Brent and we love all the servers. And as I said, we train them every single day on food and wine. And if you want to have a little fun, press Brent on a little bit of wine knowledge. He's got outstanding wine knowledge and can pair food and wine together, can talk wine smack and really pretty much do it all. Clearly, I'm, I'm sampling and savoring. Yeah, I, like, I like the look of that. A lot of different, good different colors out there. I mean, it is a frozen drink kind of day, so it is awesome to try those. Yeah, it's, um, the, the food is outstanding. We were just saying... This is our first time here for brunch, but my wife and I have talked about, you know, especially upstairs here, coming into this room at night with a group of friends, getting a bottle of wine or three and sharing some, you know, shareable plates, too. We'd love to have you all buy for dinner and see what we do at dinner, too. This is a little prelude to dinner and brunch is a really busy, fun shift, but we do other uh, things great also. So maybe we'll just sit here all day. I mean, dinner's only a few hours away. (laughs) I wouldn't be against that. I think it's a pretty smart move. And I love this table and the views out here. Um, It really is wonderful. Well, we appreciate it, as we said. And we uh, really love that y'all came by. No doubt. Thank you very much for having us. And appreciate it. Enjoy. Thank you. (laughs) As exactly as I said when we first came in, like, and and this really is, is, I think, uh, with all the Disney Springs restaurants, you know, the people who... Art Smith's homecoming, Art Smith is there all the time. Masahari Morimoto is at Morimoto Asia quite often. And we had no idea that um, George was going to be here. Um, but this is what he does. He's just here all the time. And I think it means something as a guest when the chef whose name is on the menu and on the marquee happens to be at the restaurant and comes over and greets you. So it's amazing because I feel that it makes such a difference when you see the chef and the owner put his heart and soul into something that they absolutely love and make you appreciate so much more. Um, You can see with all the plating of the food that has been brought to our table and the staff, it's just the experience has been overwhelmingly um, amazing and the care that goes into it it is wonderful. That was really cool. I, I mean, obviously, we didn't expect that. And, I mean, I basically finished everything that I got. So, yeah, everything has been really, really good. So, again, that was a wonderful treat. But I, I think I was in the middle or somewhere near the end of my sausage gravy and biscuit story. Um, these are wonderful, again, because the, I was saying the biscuits are actually almost sort of like half thickness. So they're not super heavy. There's actually a fluffiness to them and a little bit of a pepper. And then as you break the egg and the yolk just sort of drips down, mixed in with the savory gravy and the biscuits, um, layers of texture, layers of flavor. And I don't feel feel overly full, um, you know, that it's so incredibly heavy. And just as I say that, Deanna hands me more food because we almost forgot about our Kendall Brook smoked salmon on the ciabatta crisps with the creme fraiche and the fried capers. So, despite these amazing entrees, we're actually going to... 
don't want to say close out because I feel that there's probably something else that we need to have. But we did all sample uh, the smoked salmon. Nicholas, what do you think? It's really, really good. Like, we come from the Northeast, and we've gotten, like, capers and salmon before, and this is really, really good. With, like, the capers adding a good bit of savoriness and the very crunchy, like, ciabatta roll, I think. It just, everything comes together to make a great, like, good appetizer before the meal. Yeah, it was really good. I love smoked salmon, um, you know, on a bagel and everything. And this wasn't super traditional. You kind of are able to assemble it yourself, which I think is really fun because you can, um, you know, control the amount of different things you want on it. But it was super, you know, salty and amazing. And, yeah, 10 out of 10. Very good. So... I absolutely love capers because of how salty they are, but they usually are served in an olive oil, so they're definitely, um, they're not fried. And the difference between this uh, plate that we had and normal capers that are served, or these were crispy. So putting the salmon on the um, the crispy bread with the crispy crepe capers and the onions made a huge difference of the texture. So I really, really, really enjoyed it. You know, salmon and capers and, and ciabatta might almost sound like a commodity, like it would taste the same everywhere. But what I really loved is how thinly sliced and well-toasted the ciabatta is and the wonderful saltiness of the salmon complemented by the creme fraiche and so many different textural layers in your mouth with the crunch and the the creaminess of the cheese and even just how the salmon melts away again that that's a really nice appetizer i mean we almost have it as sort of like a pre it's our dessert appetizer but i thought that was really really delicious uh, I, I love as a kid i didn't like it but i get it now i really like having the the salmon um as sort of a um something that you normally have like with a brunch like this. Yeah, I agree. I would take this as my dessert because I like salty over sweet anyway. Um, but just like Lou said, the textures, the different textures and the different flavors that they um, paired with it were absolutely perfect. I agree. However, there's something intriguing about the olive oil cake and maybe even the key lime pie that, again, in the interest of just being complete for you, the listener who's sitting here with us, um, sharing in all this, we might have to try those two. Yeah, I know where you were obviously not done yet. You guys did really good, though. Like, very impressive. So one thing we noticed, too, and again, we've been sampling a lot. And I'm not sure if I mentioned it, so I want to be clear. You'll see the pictures in the show notes, but the portion sizes themselves are very, very large. Um, Nicholas, who normally would clean his plate, I mean, there's still... A lot of French fries or frites in there. I mean, you finished all the steak and the eggs. Deanna, that was a huge omelet. There's no way a human being can get through all of the sausage gravy and, bis and biscuits. A lot of these, I think, could be shared between two or even three people. Like, you can give these to do, like, you could order a biscuits and gravy for two people and then the steak and egg frites for two people, like... The burrata had two pieces of ciabatta, like five slices of bacon, a whole avocado, two of the big, you know, cheese balls. Um, yeah, definitely a, a large portion that you, that could be shared. And I almost, that's sort of the feeling that I get. And maybe 
it's the deliberate intent of the restaurant is it's a place to come with a date or with a bunch of friends so that you order things, whether it's a bottle of wine, appetizers, or even entrees. It's really meant to be shared. Look, I mean, it goes to the whole Disney experience, right? I mean, look, it's, it's great to come solo, and I've done it a lot, and I still do a lot, and I think there are advantages to coming solo. It's a separate conversation for a separate day, but it really the memories are made um, when you because you get to share them with somebody else, and that's how we feel. Brent, we went from one thing to the next. We amazed at just how not only delicious they all well were, the different layers of flavor and textures, but the portion sizes are... I mean, granted, we've eaten everything on the menu, but um, the portion sizes are outstanding as well. With the vibe that we really get is that this is a place to come to not just share the experience, but share the food with friends and family too. 100% yes, and I think... If you spend any time with George, uh, you understand that the people that are around him and most important to him, he wants to spoil rotten all the time. And you can talk all about him being a master sommelier, which personally I find extraordinary anyway, but you can't be around George and not want to just relax and feel like you're at home. And it's, it's, it's everything about this place speaks to the way George is for sure. It's definitely a super comfortable feeling uh, for being here. And next time I come back, he told me that we're going to need to talk to you about your uh, extensive wine knowledge as well. So. so I'm intrigued by what George had said about you with regards to your wine knowledge. And I would, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a lover of a, a, a blend. So like a red wine blend, I would love to taste while we are here. So that'd be wonderful. It's, it's for research purposes. Thank you. Absolutely, yes. And there's, yes, thank you. And I'm assuming that there's a uh, secret nap room somewhere off to the side, like it's just like an add-on experience. Like, Did you see the giant couches when you walked in? You think those are there for you? That's there for us. <laughs> and uh, again, purely in the interests of, of being thorough um, and, and rounding out the meal, would we be... Um, Remiss if we did not try the olive oil cake and or key lime pie. I think doing both is, is easy. And in in the nature of the way all the dishes come out, we make sure the desserts are intensely flavorful but small. So the biggest problem we have when desserts come out is it's like that last piece of pizza in the box that everybody's looking at but nobody wants to take. <laughs> that happens really fast with the desserts because they're, they're small. Game on. I'm ready. Right. Thank you. So... It's not oftentimes a dessert is delivered to your table, and there's an audible gasp in terms of, again, we, we were just talking about the presentation of the food, um, the key lime pie and the olive oil cake. That's it. So the key lime pie is relatively straightforward, a little bit of candy lime on top and a graham crust. It sort of emulates a tart, but it really is a key lime pie, a little raspberry coulis to finish it off. And then the olive oil cake, which isn't something you see on menus every single day, but uh, it's a savory, sweet effectively bundt cake in a small version that we add some candied olives to the top of as well. I've never even heard of candied olives, so I am super intrigued and somehow still hungry, which is really odd. So, so excellent. we give you that 30-second gap in the middle so you can really get into it. Thank you. So I almost don't know which one we should do first and which one to finish with because do you go with the savory and sweet or do you go with the tart and sweet? As the last thing that you want, this is an important decision. The last thing you want on your palate when you're moving. I think we need to know. I think we finish off with the key lime. I think we should start with olive because it's it's so different and unique. So we're going to start with the olive because it's different, and I think I want to end with 
the tanginess of the key lime, we're all using derivatives of the same word. It's very different. Um, there's that combination. So there's that slight sweetness from the bun cake and the savories from the cream. And then the candied olives, and I admittedly, I know I need to turn in my Italian card. I, one of the few foods I don't like are olives, but some of that, that bitterness sometimes that olives have is taken out because they're candied. But there's this like cacophony of, of flavors going on in your mouth. Nicholas is on a 17th spoonful, so I'm assuming that you like this. Yeah, it's really, it's interesting, but it's a good type of interesting, like all the flavors combined to make something that's very unique, but it's very flavorful and good. And I could see like having this with your glass of wine, like with your dessert. So I ordered a blend uh, red wine to finish off with my dessert. And I love this dessert because it's not overwhelmingly sweet. Um, the candied olives, they don't, they don't have a sweet texture to them at whatsoever. But as Lou said, it does. the bitterness is definitely taken out. Um, and then you pair it with that cream that it comes with, and your palate just is so happy. So I've already, while you were talking, I'm, I've already started moving on. Oh. Yeah, literally skip me. It's fine. I get it. But I, I love olives, and I love candy. I think it's very interesting what they did here because I, I guess the best way I could describe it is if you, like, cut up a black olive and soaked it in maple syrup, I guess, is what it tastes like. The black olive flavor doesn't go away. It still tastes like an olive, but, like, it's just sweet first, and then you taste the olive. So I'm very confused, but it's very flavorful and good. And the cake is really good. I could eat a giant piece of the cake because it was warm yeah. and, like, fluffy. I don't know. It was perfect. with Whatever's on top, I don't know, some fluffy whipped cream, I think. Very good. Ten out of ten. And clearly Nicholas like us because you just killed that whole thing. Yeah. I like, like, the good, the little bit of savor in it, savoriness, like, a little bit of the olives and the cream and the olive oil that's drizzled on the bottom of it. But now give me a little bit of this key lime pie. Mm. So, again, sharing my youthful travel stories, we drove everywhere. When we visited Florida, oftentimes we would go down to Key West. I've had my fair share of key lime pies, which sometimes can almost be overly tangy or overly sweet. This is a small portion size, but there's a huge burst of flavor the second you put that in your mouth. Not so much so, you know, sometimes lime can be overpowering, not so much at all. And there's that wonderful graham cracker crust on the bottom with the raspberry coulis. That's a really nice way to end. I mean, we had a lot of savory with our meal today. That's a really nice finish on your palate. So I think the accent part also and the kicker was the candied lime on top. And I don't know if you actually felt that on your palate, but it added a sense of, it, it helped, I think it added another layer to the, to the savory part of this sweet dish. So that, that's what I... I don't usually go back in for seconds. I just had my second spoonful. That's delicious. I actually don't like pie. I actually don't like key lime pie. But this was really good. I would definitely eat the whole thing myself or get it again. Um, I really liked, you know, 
I, I just don't like pie because of the texture, but this didn't really throw me off because the lime flavor is so intense and powerful. It literally, like, hits you in the face. It's so good, and I love graham cracker crust. I could eat graham cracker crust by itself, um, and it was amazing. Yeah. If she didn't look like me, I would ask if she was switched at birth. How does she not like pie? One thing I also have to say is both of them are amazing. The portion sizes are the best. Like, they're, they're good and they're small. Like, they're still perfect enough for everybody to share, but it doesn't overwhelm you with a ginormous piece of cake. It's just a little, pe- like, a little tiny tart. Like, a little... Right, you don't want to finish a meal and just feel like, blah. Like, I, I don't want to walk around. I need a nap. Um... I would recommend anybody get that key lime pie or the olive oil thing just to finish it off. I would like, I am not normally somebody who would order key lime pie. I would order that again. Uh, and I think something notable, just to sort of point out, you know, I, I think sometimes if, if families are coming here and you walk by and you see Wine Bar George, the first two words might make you think, well, this is not a place I go with my family. It's a, it's, it serves alcohol, it's a bar, it's not maybe where I want to take my kids. When we go to Disney Springs, I'm really happy that you guys are here because I want people to understand that not only is the menu varied, but very, very accessible, even if you're not you know, a super foodie or if you don't like wine or don't even drink at all, the menu is extensive, it, has a, it runs a wide spectrum, and is very, very accessible for kids too. They make it very family-oriented. So if you have a child in a stroller or if you have teenagers or if you have middle schoolers, like there's, I, I feel that there's something for everybody that you could find something that they would enjoy on the menu. But it also still has, it's this, it's this fantastic blend of being comfortable, like you said, this feeling of home, but there's also a sense of it being upscale too like I can see coming here getting dressed nice at night after a day in the parks and, and spending a nice evening at Wine Bar Jordan. One thing about this is that it's I feel like it's a personal experience because even just seeing like George and all the people walking around like everybody is so nice you don't feel like this like a business or anything you feel like it's a personal thing and that you're like you're comfortable you feel like you're right at home it's it's a nice experience. Yeah, I'm um, I'm super super impressed. Um, I see. I've heard we've we've had friends that have just raved about Wine Bar George, and, and um, my only regret is not coming here sooner. Um, I think brunches. So, would you guys come back here for for brunch again? Yes, absolutely. We'll be back for dinner. Deanna's still eating, so she is. <laughs> right. Yeah, we certainly need to uh, to come back for dinner as well. So remember, Brent, like six hours ago when we got here and I said we just became best friends, I think our relationship has really been solidified because the quality of the food is only eclipsed by the quality of the service. Um, You were outstanding. The food was remarkable and we've already been talking about, we're already starting to make plans of when we're going to come back for dinner. Good. Well, I think that's the goal of any time we have anybody in here is to make sure that you don't walk by the reservation stand without making another one. It's like planning a Disney vacation. Like as quickly as you leave, you're already starting to plan your next one. Percent. We already put the mail in the in the in the box to get to your house before you get there. Yeah, yeah this was wonderful. Um, cannot recommend it highly enough. So, and, and thank you for everything. Today. Pleasure's ours. I promise. So there you go. Um, our first experience from Wine Bar George clearly did not disappoint, and like Disney itself, exceeded 
already high expectations uh, coming in. I cannot... If you've never been here or if you've been here for dinner, um, brunch is really, really a nice way to spend a Saturday or Sunday morning. Then you come out, you wander around Disney Springs, walk off your meal, um, do a little shopping um, as well. Um, guys, as always, thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. I mean, I could have, but I would have felt much guiltier ordering all the food and not having anybody to share it with. So very quickly, Deanna, Mary, and Nicholas, thank you for being here. What's the one, if you could come back and get only one thing, what would it be? Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Okay, I'm going to say it really quick. One thing. Olive cake, omelet, salmon. <laughs> She's the, you're the worst at this. I would probably get the burrata, I think. I don't know, I really liked it. Or the key lime pie, I really like this. Mac and cheese bites. Oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> so, it was so long ago. It's a, it's like, Jesus. it's covered. In, being here is like being on a cruise. Like the, at the beginning, like the first day, you're like, oh my god, everything is so awesome. And then by the last day, which is like your dessert course, you're like, this is the best part of the cruise. Like, oh, remember day one? How far? How long ago this was? Uh, yeah, this is great. We have to come back. Um, and certainly. Uh, we're gonna to have to come back at night, and I think it's a one. It's a great way to start, maybe a, a Saturday or Sunday morning, and certainly a great way to end the night. So, to George Miliotis and the entire staff at Wine Bar George, uh, thank you. I don't know what I. I don't. Those mac and cheese bites were really good. Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, hear, smell, taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I took you to Main Street USA and specifically the windows on the second and third stories where, as you know, names are painted on them to honor people who were instrumental in the design and the development and really the prosperity of Walt Disney World and the Disney company as a whole. And in addition to being one of the most cherished honors at Disney, it gives us as guests insight into some of the people whose work behind the scenes and even on stage helped really make the magic happen. And they asked you to tell me, who was honored with the highest window on all of Main Street USA? I first want to thank you and everybody who entered and got this one correct and knew that the answer is Frank Wells. Now, Frank Wells' window is on the third-story window above the Main Street Market House on the right-hand side of Main Street as you approach Cinderella Castle. If you look closely, you'll see that the window bears the image of a mountain climber reaching a peak and reads... Seven Summits Expeditions, Frank G. Wells, President. Quote, for those who want to do it all. Now, the late Frank Wells was the one-time president and chief operating officer of the Walt Disney Company. And during his time, and obviously which he worked closely with Michael Eisner, the company really enjoyed unprecedented growth and revitalization, making Disney one of the most successful companies in the world. Now, his window pays tribute to his adventurous spirit, and desire to do what nobody had ever done before 
which was climb the highest mountain on each of the world's seven continents within a single year. And after scaling six, he was unfortunately forced to turn back near the top of Mount Everest. He actually authored a book about his adventures entitled Seven Summits in 1986. Sadly, Wells died prematurely in a helicopter crash in April of 1994. And if you look very closely, another sign marking his achievements can also be found at Disney's Animal Kingdom, appropriately near Expedition Everest. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. Again, last week you were playing for all of my digital products, which is my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book. All seven of my virtual audio walking tours of each of the lands in Magic Kingdom, including Toontown, rest in peace. And we virtually explore and wander each of them together as if you and I were walking through when I share the history, details, secrets, stories, to really give you a better understanding and appreciation of the park, all with the three-dimensional binaural sounds of the park behind you. You're also going to get a WW Radio vinyl sticker, Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my personal collection. Over the past couple of weeks, or really months, I have been taking some of the items I have been collecting really since I was a kid that I just don't have the space for anymore in my room, in my closet, or even in my garage, and I've been putting them up each week on eBay, I'm going to take one of those items out and add it to your mystery prize package this week. If you want to see some of the other items I have on eBay, you can go to www.radio.com slash eBay. Auctions end and begin every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Every auction starts at $1 and has no reserve. Again, www.radio.com slash eBay for vintage items from the Disney parks, books, artwork, signed items, Star Wars stuff from the 70s and 80s, and lots more. But I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week's winner is Danny, or maybe it's pronounced Donnie, sorry, Turner. Danny or Donnie Turner, you are the winner. You use the online form. I have your mailing address. I will get your prize package at you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So I'm going to take you back to Epcot Center and back a little bit in time because this week I want you to tell me what was the name of the pilot that guided us in the audience through a 12-year-old's morning in the extinct Cranium Command attraction. All I need to do is tell me what was the name of our pilot. You have until Sunday, June 7th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there, once again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, the Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my eBay collection. And also, don't forget that if you enjoy Disney trivia, please join me every day on Instagram at Instagram.com slash for daily Disney trivia. I share one every day on my stories. It's easy, fun, just takes just a few seconds to play and a great way to test your knowledge and hopefully learn something along the way. Again, Instagram.com slash so good luck and have that's going to do it for this week's show thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week I hope the show not only brings you a little bit of happiness a little bit of Disney magic a distraction and that maybe you had some fun and learned something new as well along the way don't forget to please be part of the community and ongoing conversation in our Facebook group at www.radio.com community. 
And don't forget to join us live every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WWRadioLive.com, where it's a live video broadcast and chat on Facebook, as we've been doing for the past 13 years. Each week, we'll talk about what's going on in Walt Disney World, Disney and Marvel, talk about some news. I'll share my top five live, where each week I create a new top five list, and you can be part of creating, sharing yours, commenting, and even calling in. We also have contests and giveaways. It's a lot of fun. Like the community, very, very welcoming. Again, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. Speaking of community, I want to thank some of the longtime and new members of our WW Radio Nation family. I appreciate your love, support, friendship, and help. And I also love being able to give back to you and say thank you each and every month. I want to thank some new and longtime members like Jill Mortimer, Matt Shaw, Rich Ranachowski, Eddie Kern and James Smith, I sincerely appreciate you helping out the show and showing your support. And if you want to find out how you can not only help, but also get exclusive rewards every month, including monthly scavenger hunts, trivia quests, access to our private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls, discounts, and more, visit www.radio.com support Obviously, this is completely optional, but it's a great way for you to help show your support for the show. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And speaking of connecting with you, I'd love to hear from you. So if you have a question you want to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. It's 407-900-WW1. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. And don't forget to like the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. And as I have believed since day one, and really from our meet of the month that we've been doing for more than 12 years, I believe that as well, as great as it is to connect online Nothing beats getting together in person. Yes, I'm still a handshake and a hugger when it is time and appropriate again. Uh, Our next virtual meet of the month will be in June. Stay tuned to the events page on our Facebook page and the show for our next virtual meet of the month. We'll get together on a Zoom call to chat and socialize, but also stay tuned to the events page for other upcoming WW Radio meets, cruises, events. Our next cruise is going to be in January. It's going to be a Marvel Day at Sea Cruise out of Miami on the Disney Magic. You can find out more and get a free no-obligation quote there. And although I know conferences are temporarily put on hold, if I can work with you or speak to your business virtually, you can visit loumangelo.com, find out some of the, the virtual options there, including some of the topics that I can speak on, including things like the power of community, the achieving the ultimate customer experience and learning what that Disney difference is and how your business can learn, implement lessons from the Disney parks, Walt Disney, etc. You can find out more by visiting loumangelo.com. There you can also find out how I can help you individually or even in small groups. My Momentum Weekend Workshop is still scheduled for October 17th and 18th in Walt Disney World this year, but I also have opportunities for one-on-one coaching. We have one spot left for our Tuesday night six-person mastermind group. Again, I want to help you turn what you love into what you do and help you move the needle in a positive direction on whatever it is that you are dreaming about or working on. Again, to find out more, please visit loumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Becky and Mankin. Now more than ever, 
They are my official and recommended travel provider. Whether you're planning your next vacation, have questions about just what's going on and upcoming changes to travel to the Disney theme parks, you can reach out to Becky and her entire amazing team for a free, no-obligation quote. They are, of course, at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, I mean it when I say now more than ever, and whether we have met yet or not, and all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. And you can do that by letting others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening to and sharing a link to this or your favorite episode on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest. And if you can, take just 30 seconds, probably not even that long, to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. It's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like MKE Magic, who says, best podcast for Disney and life. My wife and I are huge Disney fans and discovered the podcast just over a year and a half ago, and we finally worked up the courage to leave a review. Many people have said very well what makes Lou's show great, from the positivity to Lou's extensive knowledge, to the great production value to the interesting and fun guests, so I won't attempt to repeat all that with, less, with, with lesser eloquence here. The strongest support I can give of the show is therefore this. It has integrity and honesty. Although we've never had the opportunity to meet Lou, we hope to one day. In my own estimation, the integrity of the show directly stems from the integrity of the host, Lou. In a world where there are so many people who generically tell you to be positive or seek out happiness, Lou does it in a way that's honest as a real person who actually means it. The more I listen to the show, the more I believe I might actually be able to make my life what I want it to be, and I think it's because Lou is so genuine and has integrity. So if you're a fan of Disney, listen to the show, and maybe even listen to it if you're not. You might be one if you do, or at the least, Lou might affect the very attitude with which you approach your life. Wow. Thank you. Kate WNJ says, best podcast and positive experience. I've been listening to the show for upwards of two years and I've only grown to love it more. The community that Lou has created is wonderful, caring, and a positive group of people. The guests, especially Becky, with question marks, are fantastic, funny, and play off Lou perfectly. Lou's knowledge and love for Disney shine through constantly as it continues to be an inspiration for many people and has gotten me through some of the tough times personally. You instantly feel connected to Disney, comforted, and part of the crew while listening. I can honestly say that I'm grateful every day that I found this podcasting community and I've never met a single one of them. Thank you for all you do, and as usual, keep up the amazing work. Kate and MKE Magic, I am humbled incredibly and grateful for that um, and for you and for listening. Um, I appreciate you and your very, very kind words. Again, if you want to leave a review, you get a search for WW Radio in Apple Podcasts or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right there, show exactly how and where to do it. And finally, most importantly, um, these are continuing strange and difficult times, not just in the Disney world, but in the world itself. Um, and again, I keep saying now more than ever, I really hope that this show, our community that you have created with us makes your day happier inspires you to be better uh, brings you some joy and some good news and even in the face of so much that is happening that you are able to choose the good look for and find the good in everything that you do and even when bad things happen or negative things happen choose the good right find the opportunity to Take something and make a positive change as a result of it. 
And I hope that you always remain hopeful, optimistic, and positive. And if there's ever anything I can do for you to say thank you for the joy that you give me by the blessing of being able to share my love of Disney with you, please just reach out and let me know however I might be able to help you. But until next time, I hope that this truly is your best week ever. Thank you. I love you. Hey, Lou. This is Heather from Wisconsin. I hope you are doing well. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to your podcasts for years now, but I especially enjoyed listening to them during the quarantine. I was home with my eight-month-old son for about two and a half months there and uh, just got him back into daycare on Tuesday, yesterday. Um, But we would go on sometimes two walks a day and and listen to those podcasts and it just really kept me in a in a more positive spirit especially with you know not sharing not not sure what was going on with everything and you know it's still a scary time so now <laughs> I'm in my car on my lunch break listening to one of your podcasts because it's reminding me of the fun times I had with my son and also just makes me think about when we can finally go back to Disney World and I can finally show him. So thanks so much for always being so positive and having some really great shows. I love your top ten shows. Little Timmy Foster is a, is a hoot and a half. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much, and, and I hope that you are doing well and, and having a magical day. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison, Flower Town, Pennsylvania. I just finished listening to your um, listener email section with Becky Mankin. And I am calling in with my responses to your moderate and value and I'm drawing a blank on the other one because my brain's fried. Anyway, so I like as far as um, let's just say what I like. I like the cabins. I liked the Caribbean beach when I stayed there, but it was a really long time ago. And I love the Yacht Club. Um, my favorite character meal was Tusker House Breakfast. Awesome. And I forgot to tell you on the last time I called in, the country that I think would fit best coming into World Showcase next would be Brazil. There's so much you could do with that, with the food. Just the cheese bread alone, because it's a gluten-free item. And can I tell you, when I went to Food and Wine, I can't tell you how much cheese bread I ate, because I could actually have it. It was so good. And there's a million things you could do with the rainforests in Brazil. And like you guys were talking about, the Brazilian steakhouse. And there's just so much you could do with Brazil. Um, That would be my pick, and I think it would make a great addition to the show, uh, World Showcase. Um, while I was listening to your listener email, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what restaurants we are going to go to while we are in Disney World in January. We're doing a land and sea. We're doing the sea and then the land, and we're staying at the beach club. And I have my hands full of trying to figure out restaurants that we haven't been to before, that everybody will like, and I'm having a lot of fun. Planning is 50% of the fun. So everybody stay safe. Um, it's May 18th. I called twice today. Sorry, everybody. Make someone smile and choose the good. Talk to you soon. Bye. Good 
morning, Lou Mangello. It's Charlene Nagy, formerly of West Seneca, New York. And I'm calling in to say that it's a beautiful day outside, and I just finished listening to episode of your podcast, 589 with Kendall, and I enjoyed it so much hearing about the Burbank Park that never came to fruitation. It is something that I wish would have because the <laughs> the funny stuff that Joe would have created and the beautiful, um, you know, sunken Ferris wheel would have definitely been something I would have wanted to try. Um, it, it just seems like it would have been absolutely amazing that the restaurants and everything, too, on the upside of the stores would have been great. It kind of reminds me of, like, what the Adventure Club was um, in Florida that I really never got to go into. We did walk through Pleasure Island with my daughter, but we never went into any of the clubs because she was too little at the time to go. Um, uh, it would have been absolutely amazing. I love that, you know, you guys went and looked at all of that and shared it with us, and the concept art was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for everything you do. Stay positive like Lou always says and have a magical day.